Good, good evening, everybody. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast. I'm blessed to have Jessica Beliski here. She's a speech therapist. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm safe at home. <laughs> yes, and I'm, I'm glad. Um, Thank can, you. can you just kind of touch uh, a bit about your journey and just how you got into uh, being a, a speech language therapist and, um, you know, just, just kind of touch on, uh, you know, what what it takes and and what are some of the requirements to to even get into this field and and in your profession please my story is very unique um and many times i'm misunderstood but um i graduated from new york med in 2009 originally i wanted to be an actress but then i decided i wanted to work with brain injury and or stroke within the hospital and i i knew i wanted to do something medically based um for mental health so i found a medically based program um up at New York Med for speech language pathology, and I was very, very intrigued. Um, the The training's very intense. Um, I pretty much had the same training as um, an ENT or you know, like um, an otolaryngologist mm-hmm. because I I did a lot of gross anatomy. A lot of those really, really it, it was it was like boot camp up there, but I I made it back. Right. Um, and I I gave the hospital about. Um, eight and a half years. And it took me about a year and a half balancing the, the hospital and um, home care to to switch over into early intervention, start working with children now. So I'm, I'm taking a hu- huge, it's a huge shift for me in my career. Mm-hmm. I went from working with just solely adults and now I'm, I'm working with children. So it's been a year since my private practice onward and upward. Um, has been open. And it's been wonderful. It's been a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, um, but it's been really wonderful. And I have served um, about six different school districts in the South Jersey area in the past year. Um, so it's been it's been quite the adventure. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure. And, and can you just kind of touch on? Um, you said you worked with you know older patients as far as adults and you worked with, you know, younger ones, uh, in the youth now, what, did, mm-hmm. what was the biggest difference from that, the transition from, okay, I'm with, you know, people that are a little more mature. Now I'm dealing with, you know, uh, a, a younger, uh, group. What, what was the biggest difference that you took? Um, the setting, mm-hmm. the environment, um, as someone who has had the diagnosis of anxiety since I was a child of eight years old, mm-hmm. being in the hospital was very good because it was constantly moving, but just um, working in such with such critical patients for so long started to weigh on my own mental health. Mm-hmm. No worries. Uh, so I had to back away, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. Like everything, I'm okay. Um, and for a little while I wasn't, and I was okay. I took a step away from the hospital. Um, and right now I'm actually very grateful that I'm not working in that setting. Cause I just, I, um, you know, the epidemic is, is rising and it's concerning. Absolutely. And, um, since you kind of touched on that, uh, let's elaborate on that, Jess. Um, if you had a message at this time for anyone in, in, uh, you know, any medical field, whether it be a doctor, nurse, anyone in, in any, uh, you know, profession in the medical field, what, what is okay. your message at this time for them that's, that, like, you know, we're going through these times? Right now is not a time to freeze. Mm-hmm. We need movement. We need people to do things. A call to action. You know, we're needed now. Absolutely. And um, can can you kind of uh, elaborate on a, a little bit, uh, you know, say somebody is looking to get into your profession. What what is your advice to them um, 
to you know hey you you need to do this like kind of give me some yeah breakdown. i would i would just um to break da- to break it down to you i would just go and research the field of speech language mm-hmm. pathology kind of figure out what kind of population you would want want to specialize in if it's at the neuro neuroscience uh, part of the adult rehab or if it's early intervention with children and start researching the areas and the programs um, because there's there are a lot of undergraduate but you need your master's degree mm-hmm. to be able to have your C's which is your certificate of clinical competence um, to succeed in my field so um, there are there are a lack of master programs and it's very, very hard to get in. So I I would warn them to know that it's very competitive. Absolutely. And can you kind of touch on, uh, you know, as far as like uh, with a speech therapist, what are some things you would evaluate, uh, diagnose and treat? So my evaluations, um, whether, so my evaluations for adults Mm -hmm. are mainly uh, to assess their swallowing function um, how food is going from their mouth and after they chew it down into their th- um, esophagus and mm-hmm. into their stomach. Yes. Uh, so it's a very fancy word for that. It's called dysphagia, which is a fancy word for any uh, trouble swallowing. So I was heavy into dysphagia therapy to help people continue to eat by mouth after a major neurological event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would provide that treatment. It's a very specialized area. Um, that or I would be doing cognitive linguistic evaluations. Um, evaluating how they're receiving language and how they're expressing themselves. Um, and there are standardized materials that are very, um, very detailed, very intricate to um, assess those areas for adults. Uh, children, I mainly assess language. Um, I'll assess how the children, uh, how the child is expressing themselves, how receptively they're taking in language and understanding the language, um, and also articulation, you know, how the sounds are being produced in their mouth. So um, it's it's the same but different. I would say some of the similarities are uh, adults usually don't have a filter, right? <laughs> and children children really don't either. So I don't know. Um, I like to use humor. That's yes. how it's a very good coping mechanism. Um, and I would say any type of bullying that I've um, encountered Mm -hmm. during my um, time serving the schools this year, um, I usually tell the kids to tell their teacher, Mm -hmm. tell someone that they trust, and just say, like, this really hurt me when that happened. Like, this hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. to address it, you know, being getting real so that they can heal that pain. Because verbal abuse is... is, um, is damaging at any age. Absolutely. And, and can you just kind of touch on that? Cause you, you, you kind of touched on a key topic there. Um, you know, a lot of people just think bullying is to, you know, physically assault somebody or to cause physical harm, but it also comes in many other mannerisms. It could be cyber bullying. It could be a verbal threat or verbal harm. Just talk on that uh, for, for a moment here, Jess, what, is, what kind of damage have you seen? You know, when, when people go through a uh, verbal trauma, like j- just let people know how serious that can be. Um, I, I think that a lot of times it's happening in, in children or mm-hmm. adults that are being abused don't even know it's happening, mm-hmm. which is the real sad part. Um, and under like they don't really they're not following their own inner truth. Mm-hmm. They're following somebody else around. Um, it's really sad to see the kids not stand in their power and, you know, be their own hero. You know, um, 
I feel like they're looking for their friends for that. And sometimes, you know, kids can be really, really mean. Um, and I think it's something the parents really need to get educated on too, because usually, you know, if the kids are very mean, it's because they've, they've, you know, they haven't released some type of trauma that's inside. Absolutely. And uh, can you touch on in, in your field and, and in your experience and expertise, give me a, a roadblock that you had to overcome, whether it would be, uh, you know, anything during during your workings where you just thought you couldn't get past it. And how were you able to persevere? How were you able to face adversity and, and conquer? So I um, I recently had this conversation mm-hmm. with um, a family member of mine um formulating boundaries, I would say back in 2015 to 16 was Mm -hmm. a very gray area for me. Um, And I had to seek out advice on continuing to be a healthcare provider is to establish healthy boundaries with your, you know, patients, clients, even when you're receiving, giving education, making sure it's from evidence-based practice, you know, um, that you're not just, you know, a know-it-all because mm-hmm. we, we don't know it all, right? So yes. um, understanding that you're your own authority. So, um, you know, you're not really – once you have a medical degree, keeping that uh, perspective sharp and keen and constantly learning new things because there's always something to learn mm-hmm. is the way to keep your your license fresh, I would say. Absolutely. And uh, along your journey, I'm, I'm sure you have many accolades and achievements, but if there was just one that stuck out most, what would you say was your proudest moment, uh, you know, during your workings with, uh, you know, youth and adults and, and, you know, speech and therapy? What would you say one that the one uh, memory that stuck out the most to you that was just uh, such a powerful and positive impact on your life? Um, I really, I really got a lot of pleasure from seeing veterans get better mm-hmm. cognitively. Absolutely. And, uh, um, and I would say like, I'm just, you know, I can't mention yes, names yes. for privacy, but what I'm saying is, um, you know, they're not alone. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it's okay to have a voice and it's okay. It's okay. Um, but I would say some of my proudest moments of seeing like war vets and veterans, mm-hmm. um, you know, admit that, you know, I, I may have a mental health issue mm-hmm. and seeing people, you know, get real so that they can heal. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, I'm sure it's very powerful. Um, and uh, can you touch on uh, for me, like some of the what are some of the difficulties, some of the, uh, you know, some things that you really got to, uh, you know, work through in this field. Like, can you just touch on uh, some of the things yes. that maybe the, 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 some tasks that are just, you know, a little more complex? Um, yes. Like continuing education units, dealing with different personalities mm-hmm. in the workplace, um, how to reason with unreasonable people sometimes, um, getting appropriate signatures, um, maintaining um, ethics mm-hmm. in healthcare is very, very important. Um, the morale, I, I don't believe in burnout. I believe in moral injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making sure I would say keeping my, my personal development up to date. Absolutely. And if, if somebody was looking, uh, whether it be, uh, someone directly or a family member, a loved one, uh, a coworker, if they were looking to contact a, a speech therapist or, or have somebody to go into one or, or them themselves wanted to go into one personally, how, how, 
let me ask you, how do they find the right one? How do you know which one is best for you? Is it kind of possibly trial and error? Is it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing your due diligence? What, what do yes. you recommend? As a family of health me- medical professionals, mm-hmm. Elise is a mental health counselor, mm-hmm. um, and she has a year's experience. I, you know, you're going to vibe with certain people, and you're you're going to not vibe with certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that I my health professionals. You know, I choose I choose them myself, and I think that's very very important to establish mm-hmm. trust with your healthcare providers. I think um, I think all speech language pathologists are gifted and. and and they had their different specialties, you know, Absolutely. So the, the right one w- with you would be the one that has the toolkit for you. Right. Right. And, <laughs> absolutely. Can, can you touch on as well? Obviously, uh, you know, you've, you've been able to uh, not just do speech, you know, therapy, but you're doing it at a high level. Can you touch on what it takes? What are some of the secrets or, uh, just some of the key fundamentals that it takes not only to be in this field, not only be in this profession, but to do so at a high level for a long amount of time. What What is your advice? It, um, I would say put the mask on yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, find any type of alternative medicine, um, ways for stress management so that your brain doesn't burn out to where you're, you know, staring at a wall, like you really have mm-hmm. to keep going. I found a uh, flotation, um, you know, floating on, um, salt water helps to relieve my anxiety. Mm-hmm. I found um, lots of yoga, changing my diet, essential oils, anything that's going to provide some type of um, outlet for when I'm not mm-hmm. working. Right. Yeah, a- absolutely. So self-care. And, right. <laughs> um, that's so important, self-care and self-love in life. And um, can, can you as well touch on... Uh, so say say somebody is is having some issues and they know it and the people around them are you know trying to be there for them and saying hey look you know probably sometime you, you seek some help or you know this problem is going on too long what is your advice to anybody who may be hurting or dealing with any type of uh, we'll say mental roadblock uh, but what what is your advice to them that it's okay to seek help that you know yeah that uh, that, they, that is the best for you I would say stop shaming people mm-hmm. so and for. For them to say it's brave to get help. It's brave to face the truth. And it's brave, you know, to look at a situation for what it is and not be in denial. And understand that there's no shame in admitting that we all have our dips and doubt. We all have our ups and downs. And it's okay to not be okay. I think that people just are hiding you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. A lot. Can, and uh, you don't have to get into so much uh, with specifics with this next one, but can you just kind of take me through what a day in your workings looks like, whether it's a shift or uh, an encounter, uh, a visitation uh, appointment? What did, what does it kind of look like? Just kind of give me a, you know, a, a broad kind of uh, rundown. Well, it depends on the age group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Right now, I'm at a school in Camden, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and, you know, I have a group of four kindergartners that I put in a room, and we work on articulation. Trying to manage their behaviors is rather comical, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but the kids are adorable. I would say the biggest thing that you can't predict is weather and behaviors, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids um, usually, 
by the end of, you know, we closed the school down in New Jersey, but before that, um, you know, the kids were kind of going a little stir crazy, mm-hmm. I would say in the schools as well. Um, I would say the biggest hurdle I would say would be trying to manage and mirror behaviors mm-hmm. in the appropriate, healthy way. It's very, it's, it's a skill. I'll tell you that. Yes. (laughs) And and can you touch on, um, you know, outside of the requirements, we'll say, uh, as far as qualifications and certifications and training, personal attributes, personal skills, what does it take uh, in in this profession? Like, what is the the, the top, uh, we'll say, two or three things that you feel that everyone in this profession really needs to possess and not just possess, but at a high level, whether it be integrity, care, sympathy. Yes. Uh, I would what, say mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. Em- empathy is number one, being able to put, and so empathy slash, I would say, um, taking an impartial view, being able to look at somebody else's perspective. Not many people can do that and that's okay. Some people cannot, some, some people do not have that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say integrity. You know, integrity is what turns the magic on. And it, it's what, you know, when kindness and integrity come together, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we kind of touched on it a little bit um, uh, just a few moments ago. But if somebody was really, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of stress and depression and anxieties and whatever else it may be that they were facing in life, what is what is uh, some of your top advice to them that, you know, somebody's just going through a lot uh, mentally right now? we all have our stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we all have it. Like we all have something going on. Um, And I would say it's because it's coming from like a not secure place to admit something as severe as that or, or as serious as that. So, you know, it's so important to express to someone to find people that they trust to tell their information to like, don't tell strangers off the street you know find two health professionals that are that are in their field everybody has google <laughs> right <laughs> right yes. so i i'm very very lucky that i have an emergency room nurse sister mm-hmm. of 14 years and a marriage and family counselor you know she's 24 i'm 34 my sister's 44 so we're three generations in the healthcare field um and i'm so lucky that i have two trustful women mm-hmm not only in my family, but by my side, and they're educated. It's very, very important for people to look around them and see, okay, who can I trust for this mm-hmm. information? Right. Right. A- absolutely. And uh, you, you, you pretty much touched on it there, but can you go a little deeper and just a, a little more elaborate? Uh, say, say for instance, instance, excuse me, that uh, somebody, uh, you know, is going through their, their dealings with, uh, you know, their obstacles or mental health barriers, and they have people around them that, you know, like we kind of touched on that. They think they're, they think they're a professional. They're taking advice from them. How important, how uh, uh, pivotal is it that these people are not, uh, they're not listening to these people that are untrained, that, that, that don't have practice, that they're listening to a medical trained, highly trained professional in their, in their encounters in life. Just touch on the, the, the importance of that, please. I would say the degree is the degree for a reason. It Mm -hmm. requires schooling. It requires lots of hard work, lots of discipline, and the professionals have to go through the desensitization, lots of things in there to look at the situation for what it is Mm -hmm. and, you know, and go about it. But they're, they're highly trained. I would say 
reminding people that everybody has the internet. Everybody has the same access to information, but to trust the people that have really gotten the experience because nothing can replace life experience. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I struggle with this not to put other people down for not mm-hmm. having higher degrees, but when somebody that is not in their field is trying to give advice mm-hmm. during such a pandemic, right. it gets very frustrating for health professionals. And I think we're all trying to keep it together. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so, uh, you know, it's so key because really, if you're just listening to an average Joe, uh, you, he could actually be digging your problem deeper than, uh, than, you know, than anything. And it's, it's really, uh, you know, Jess and I urge you that if you are going through any struggles that we all go through things in life and it's, it's nothing wrong with seeking help and that, uh, you, you know, in, in that mannerism, you, you, you give yourself a way higher statistic, uh, proven that it, it's going to, uh, benefit you in some mannerism. Truth. Absolutely. And can, can you also touch on, um, I'm sure in your workings as well, you have to provide some other information and possibly referrals, work along other people. Mm-hmm. Who, who are some people uh, like as far as medical wise or referral information wise, what are some other dealings that you that you have uh, in in your field? So sometimes some of the doctors that would refer patients to me would mm-hmm. be a neurologist, a cardiologist, um, a pediatric doctor now that I'm working with children. Mm-hmm. Um and I would just get the appropriate eval from the appropriate specialist because yes. um, our field is very diverse where there's so many different um, specialties within the field of speech language pathology. Like mm-hmm. I, my one friend just does swallowing in Manhattan. My other one is uh, doing swallowing in Alaska. You know, my other mm-hmm. friend is doing um, just autism mm-hmm. in, in New York city. Um, one in North Carolina. Um, I have a home health specialist best friend in Florida. It mm-hmm. depends on what you specialize in. You know, some girls specialize in voice therapy mm-hmm. and warm up musical singers. Um, yes. And then there's just so many different facets mm-hmm. and different um, different areas. It's, it's fascinating. Absolutely. Um, can can you touch on we we talked uh, you know some during this podcast about the youth and you know your workings with them. How important uh, is it uh, to to address you know behavior uh, in the youth and uh, to to address you know behavior issues they may be having and and any type of uh, trauma or or mental roadblocks that they're that they're enduring. How important is it that we we address it we properly address it and treat it in the youth? It's super super important, especially in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, more than ever, we, we really need to help kids regulate their emotions. Uh, emotional regulation is huge for both mm-hmm. children and adults, um, to be able to function. Um, yes. so I think that if children learn it early on, um, they're able to take those tools and help them cope as they get older. It's kind of an early intervention for, you know, having a really bad time and making poor choices and poor decisions. So I would say learning emotional regulation techniques. Um, I've taken so many courses, really cool meditation techniques. It's like a 10 minute meditation. Um, Once you learn it and really, really learn this meditation and do it like once a day or once a week, whatever, however you need it, Mm -hmm. you could take it with you your whole life. 
Absolutely. So it's just a learning. It, it's just really learning. Right. And, and can you touch on, uh, like, uh, again, you don't have to get into, you know, specifics too, too deep, but, uh, what, what is usually the number one, uh, calls that you see for, for someone having a high level of stress, whether it be, is it, uh, you know, a coworker situation, is it finances? Uh, you know, what, what is the number one thing that kind of sticks out in your mind where you're dealing with a lot of these cases that are causing, uh, you know, high level of stress or depression? That's very, very good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's a combination. I've met mm-hmm. so many adults that struggle with mental health issues, and it's mainly financials. They just can't mm-hmm. dig themselves out of a hole. Right. Um, also, you know, I would say regret. Mm-hmm. Um, resentment is a huge thing that I see in a lot of my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say definitely the stressors the stressors definitely bring on the mental health issues for sure mm-hmm. right um you know it depends on the person and what they view as success one person can view money as you know the root all be all but it's not the love of money is the root to all evil mm-hmm. we need money to survive but loving money is the root to all evil that's where ego centered um, behavior comes about. So, you know, what they value is very, very, um, what they value depends on how their behavior is going to act out. Absolutely. And and you, you touched on this, um, earlier, we touched on this topic, uh, but if someone is, is dealing, uh, let's just say, uh, for example, it, it's not a severe case. It's just, you know, they're, they're dealing with some, some mild things, you know, whether it be stress, uh, anxieties, depression, whatever it may be. Uh, what, what are some coping me- mechanisms? What are some things that you look at? Like whether it be diet, whether it be, mm-hmm. all right, how can so, we, how can we start to reduce the stress? So it's funny in medical school, they don't teach nutrition. It's very, very interesting. Right. Um, the standard healthy diet is a Mediterranean-based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, changing your diet is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say 80-20. 80% of the time, eat well. 20% of the time, eat the cheesesteak. Okay? you got to bring the Philadelphia <laughs> here. Okay? Right. All right? It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, having a healthy uh, relationship with the concept of food. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like being able to say 80-20, okay, I'll eat well Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I may, you know, have a pizza and a cheesesteak, whatever, mm-hmm. it happens. Right. Um, having that healthy balance in that relationship with food is so, so crucial. And I've seen it over and over again. It's, it's, it's very intriguing. Mm-hmm. But um, diet, I would say finding a healthy balance of exercise. I feel like people exercise too much or mm-hmm. not enough. Yes. You know, like finding that balance. Um, Also, you know, um, hobbies that are alternative medicine based. Essential oils are wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, I have eucalyptus going in my kitchen right now. I have lavender in my bedroom. I have, um, you know, different smells throughout my home uh, to promote a happy mood and Mm -hmm you know, mental wellness. Right. Uh, absolutely. And we, you know, th- there we kind of touched on, you know, like somebody with mild symptoms or just, you know, some mild a- anxieties. Let's, let's say, uh, you know, we go into a, a deep scenario here. Say somebody uh, is dealing with uh, an extreme 
uh, you know, they're, they're having thoughts of suicide. They're having, you know, a, a high level of PTSD, whatever it may be. Let's say it's very extreme. They just feel like they can't hold on any longer. What is your uh, number one key to them? What is, what is your message to them? Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I don't care how uncomfortable you are. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. Do not give up. Speak up. Do do not sit in silence. Mm-hmm. Speak up. You have a voice. And they talk about weapons in America. I'm mm-hmm. going to touch about that too. Yes. Weapons are dangerous, but words are your biggest weapon. And take that as a semantical, mm-hmm. you know, woman from New York City, semantics is everything. And your words are your weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also, you know, a cognitive evaluation needs to be held um, for anyone, you know, with mental health issues as well. If they want to, you know, ha- if they want to practice their mm-hmm. Second Amendment, you know, they need a, a cognitive evaluation from a trained cognitive linguistic therapist. Absolutely. And um, can, can you just touch on, uh, you know, like, say, say, uh, say somebody is around somebody as well. Like say that person, uh, you know, wasn't alone. They, they had people around them and they seen that they were just in a, a dangerously dark place. What, what is your recommendation uh, to the people around them? Like to, to take immediate course of action. Don't judge them. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest fear has to do with them feeling like they're going to be judged in a poor fashion or that, that, mm-hmm. that their emotions or what they're going through is going to define them. Like making sure that you tell them whatever you're going through doesn't define you, bro. Right. Or sis, like that does not define you. This is just a moment in time, like a passing cloud. It'll go right. This it's going to pass away. It's going to pass on whatever it is, whatever uncomfortable feeling it is. But in the moment, it's, it's very hard to believe and just sitting with them and not judging them and not forcing people to get over things. Mm hmm. You know, a lot of um, mental health issues and anxiety stems for, you know, unaddressed grief, mm-hmm. unaddressed guilt, um, unaddressed things that are going on that really need to come out. Absolutely. You know, it's better out than in. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave my mother homework the other night. I said, um, there's a formula to happiness. It's gratitude, future vision, and triggers. So nailing these down so like naming five things you're grateful for every day mm-hmm. um having a future vision of just maybe the next couple days i think um people with anxiety look too much in the future like mm-hmm. a year from now or six months from now no plan out the next day right right just like a yes. future vision like okay it's saturday let's see what's happening today and tomorrow right um and also triggers writing down what your triggers are and understanding we all have them You know, writing Mm -hmm. them down and then, you know, a really good coping mechanism would be lighting the piece of paper on fire Mm -hmm. and just getting rid of whatever was in that head. You know, writing down all your insecurities, all your triggers, then lighting it on fire and saying, this does not define me. 
Absolutely. And can you touch on, uh, I think a lot of uh, anxieties are caused as well from pressure. Like people just put false expectations on themselves, on the reality. Like they just think tomorrow I have to be at the top of the mountain. Tomorrow I have to have everything in my life uh, aligned and figure out. Can you just talk on how can somebody limit the pressure and just that pressure is just not realistic? That is absolutely true. A hundred percent. I think that expectations and with my experience of being a therapist, being in therapy, seeing so many patients go through the ringer and back, mm-hmm. I view expectations as merely premeditated resentments. So what that means is if somebody is um, programmed with just expectations in their head, mm-hmm. they're just going to go around resenting everyone in their life because they've already expected the best from everyone. And if they don't provide it, you know, it's, it's unrealistic. And um, I think that perfectionism in America is very, very high and perfection is a disease of America. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like if we just address like, okay, you know, we're not perfect. We're perfectly imperfect. (laughs) Every single one of us, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, and I agree so much that, you know, uh, a lot of people just, they, they expect things to be perfect. They uh, want every asset and, and every aspect of their life to uh, never come with a problem. But, you know, life is all about, uh, you know, we're going to come across roadblocks and obstacles, but how can we just persevere? How can we face adversity? And, you know, how can we move along in, in a smart, sensible mannerism? Like writing down mm-hmm. your fears and getting to know them, making friends with your fear and say, listen, I'm just going to look you right in the face fear. And I want to tell you to walk. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and you, you touched on a key point uh, just a few moments ago. It was, you know, how powerful words are. And people, I don't think they realize, uh, you know, the context of that. Words are just uh, immensely powerful. And, and I can speak uh, on this in the sense of the security field. Uh, words are going to either incite a fight or words are going to de-escalate something. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. how you speak to people, how you speak it. Uh, is is so important, uh, you know, whether uh, I treat situations like this, whether I'm speaking to uh, a member of Hell's Angels or I'm speaking to the Pope, I treat every situation uh, in a mature, uh, responsible mannerism that, you know, you just to treat everyone equal that, um, you know, that uh, your, your words are, are, are immensely powerful, you know, that uh, yeah. if you're if you're speaking anything derogatory or speaking down on somebody, you, you don't know that not only could it cause harm to them in, in a few moments, but it could cause a life time of pain and and just uh, of struggles uh, with with hurt and and you know really of just mental scarring on them and can you just uh, touch on that key again Jess of, of how important it is to that we are so careful and cautious with our words and really learn how to yeah. treat, treat people right I mean you have no idea what people's mental states are you have mm-hmm. absolutely no idea especially right now with the pandemic people they're if they have anxiety it's it went from mild to severe mm-hmm. so understanding that one word could could change their life in a good way mm-hmm. or one word could send them home crawling in a ball crying you know and not moving for three days mm-hmm. understanding and being mindful that people have triggers and people have their own stuff right um i think you know thinking about what you say before it comes out yeah, absolutely and you, you kind of touched on it there but uh, let's go a little deeper in that uh with like so say uh, well, you could disarm someone or mm-hmm. you could make someone want to karate chop you 
absolutely (laughs) and um with with the the predicament that we're all in right now with this epidemic and uh you know the situation uh you know let's be real i think a lot of people are suffering like you said with you know the isolation process process excuse me and uh you know that that, that's tough with somebody you know especially that has any type of uh you know mental health history or any type of roadblocks that they're in and and endowed in what what is your advice to somebody right now in the isolation process the in quarantine that uh hey you know what what like what are some uh motive some words of encouragement to them that you know things are going to be all right and uh what what is some advice that you have for them i would say um i feel for people in the mental because mm-hmm. i feel like ma- majority of people in the mental health um you know, that have mental health issues are just misunderstood plainly. Right. Um, people need people. I would, those people at home, I, I would literally tell them if they were suffering from mental health issues to get out a piece of pen and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way out of despondency or any type of stagnancy is action. So if you're going to, let's say, Plan a safe trip to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Plan something that's going to be, you know, that's going to matter and mm-hmm. that's going to help you in your situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So write down, you know, three things that you could plan for the next couple of days mm-hmm. that are safe. Yeah. Um, I think safe is a very big, good word to use with people with anxiety too, leaving mm-hmm. and coming from their home. Right. Um, so me, making like a mini little plan for themselves, I would say, would be a good thing to get out of this despondent, stagnant feeling we all have. <laughs> a- absolutely. And um, can, can you touch on as well, uh, you know, so, some keys, uh, you know, per se of like when when someone is building things up in life and they like touch on the importance of, of having an outlet to release and and. Having an outlet to, to, hey, you know what? I'm in your corner. What you're going through isn't crazy that, you know. Right. Touch on that for me. So release. So it's funny you say the word release. I Mm -hmm. think that there's three healthy ways for um, a very high stress or just adult in general can release healthily. Mm -hmm. And they all involve salt. Mm -hmm. So you you either cry it out, sweat it out, or jump in a salt bath. This morning I woke up first – I walked, my dog came home and I took, um, a eucalyptus, um, Epsom salt bath Mm -hmm. for about 10 minutes just to kind of, you know, get the neighborhood off of me. Like a lot of people, um, I think that salt really helps. Sometimes you need to let out a cry. And if you haven't cried in a really long time, it's going to show, sweat it out. I know people can't really go anywhere, but put, put something on your TV, do, Mm -hmm. do a yoga stretch. Um, you know, a salt bath is something that's very, very underrated for the mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, um, you know, my one buddy owns a float place. Mm-hmm. I think they're popping up everywhere because I think people are realizing that uh, coordinating their breath and learning to regulate their emotions is so important. And I think that people that don't have those tools are desperately grabbing for them now. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's so important, um, you know, everything that you you're touching on and, you know, just, uh, I hope this is, is really a, an awakening to, you know, just let people know, look, there's, there's comfort out here. There's help out here there that you can, you can seek, uh, you know, trained professionals, specialists that, uh, not only can help you, but that, 
uh, you know, can just reassure you, you know, like I said, that, you know, even if people around you are saying uh, things about you and this and that, that, you know, we, we are here for you. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to uh, come up with a, a diagnosis and a treatment plan and, and we're going to get things back on track. Gossip is, is very, um, it's very cruel. Mm-hmm. It's for the naive, Yes. you know, and then, you know, after people are gossiping about, they don't feel appreciated, you know, and it's, it's just an awful thing to lose relationships. You know, loss is a big thing with mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, when you lose, you know, a loved one, you lose a friend, you lose a job. You, when you lose, you grieve and the gossip starts and social media escalates it. So understanding that privacy is power. Absolutely. And, and can, can you kind of um, touch on some of your workings with Onward and Upward and uh, what ultimately was your deciding factor? And, hey, I, you know, I want to go ahead and launch this. I was getting very frustrated with insurance companies. Mm-hmm. I was getting very uh, frustrated with um, a lot of, you know, the politics that goes into working in a hospital in a rehab setting. And mm-hmm. I just wanted out. Um you know, a lot of my girlfriends started their private practices right after, mm-hmm. right out of grad school. And I just feel like 2019 was the year for me to start mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, a, it, you know, it's a year in and the deciding factor was just the fact that, you know, I want to pass it on. I want to pass the baton. You know, um, it's going almost on a year now that I went up to New York Med to celebrate the retirement of Dr. Bob Bullen and Dr. Ben Watson. Mm-hmm. They're both science geniuses that I was so, so lucky. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to sit in their rooms and learn from them. Um, And just seeing them, you know, when they were giving their speech last last year, they said, we only want you to pass it down. Mm -hmm. We want you to, that's, that's our message as owners and founders. Um, and that was, you know, that was last April. And now, you know, I'm an owner and founder. So mm-hmm. I think it's my it's my responsibility and duty to maybe move onward and maybe start hiring in the next three or four months. Mm-hmm. We, all of the economy swinging back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think teletherapy gives a really convenient way for people to not lose their leave their homes, lose their homes, have to go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. They can go, they can tune in and they can plug in, you know, to a professional and they can still have their privacy. I think it's the level of comfort comfort, mm-hmm. and the generations that are going to, um, you know, onset this telepractice because, you know, some adults are very comfortable with their phone and some are not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And can, can you touch on... Uh in the whether it be near future or in the future sometime where where do you see uh you know speech therapy where do you see it going what what are some things you you see in the workings uh can you give us a little bit of insight on that of of possibly what the future could hold whether it be for yourself or just in the field in general so we're constantly doing research and Mm -hmm. the research is fascinating when it comes to anything from autism to neuroscience um, I stay up to date with the latest neuroscience um, research every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I trust different areas with evidence-based practice and research. You have to watch, you know, the sources that you're getting it from. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. the, fu- the future has to do with, you know, the advances in research. 
So we're getting there. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take time. Absolutely. Um, I think telepractice is really booming right now, um, especially for the younger population. Um, but in the hospital and rehab setting, I, I, you know, the swallow therapy, the dysphagia therapy is going to continue to evolutionize because of the fact that technology is getting, getting better. You know, you have to view technology as somewhat of your buddy because, you know, it's going to advance different answers to, to problems. You know, you, there's problems, we need solutions, right? So a lot of times the technology advances are going to help with those problems getting solved. Um, and it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of research for, you know, the treatment to get better and for the speech language pathologists mm-hmm. to finally tune their skills. Because, you know, girls are graduating. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen for the 2020 class. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> They're not going to have an in-person graduation. Right. Um, but, you know, right now in these uncertain times, I think relying on and friending both technology and fear and saying, I'm going to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. It's uh- okay. Absolutely. And uh, can, can you touch on, uh, you know, c- the, the importance of communication, uh, you know, with with people that are, are that are trying to cope with their with their dealings and problems and just any aspect in life that uh, touch on the importance that you see in communication in, in your workings? So if it's repressed, mm-hmm. you're depressed. If it's repressed, you're not only depressed, but you're getting sick. By not letting it out. Mm-hmm. So um, what's below is above, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, if something's repressed, people are going to get to the point where they have to. They have to either verbally say it or act it out or, you know, it, it's very interesting to see behaviors because, you know, with things that are repressed, you'll see a lot of things come out, especially, you know, during times like this and things are very unknown. Mm-hmm. Not many people are very comfortable with the unknown. Right. Um, so people will grab at straws or anything that's going to be comfortable for them. Absolutely. Um, so I would just stress on the fact that it, it's better out than in. Yes. And, and um, I want to kind of uh, t- touch on this topic here just because uh, not only are you uh, a lady, but you're, uh, you know, in, in your profession and you're, you're a, a trained specialist. Uh, what, what is uh, some advice uh, that you would have for any ladies out there that, that are going through any type of uh, abusive relationship, uh, whether it be verbal, physical, uh, what, what is your advice to them? Uh, it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say majority of women in abusive relationships don't even know they're in them. Mm -hmm. That's how abusive it is. They can't see. Um, Understanding and trusting the um, outer sources Mm -hmm. on their perspectives as well. A lot of times it's involved with brainwashing. I would encourage these women to speak up. You have a voice. You know, like, use your voice. Be a voice, not an echo. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Don't. So I would encourage this these women to find their voice again because if they're sitting down repressed and abused, that's no way to live. That's not that's not how to live. That's not that's not life. Absolutely. And can you touch on uh, as well the importance of 
you know, a lot of people uh, rely on outside sources for their happiness. Can you can you just reassure people yes. that happiness comes from within and that 100 uh, percent. So to, external mm-hmm. value val- validation, external validation is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's needed. You can't you can't knock the fact that people need to be validated. If people are feeling any which way, um, it needs to be addressed um, and people need to stop, you know, People need to stop telling people how to feel mm-hmm. um, and to validate their feelings and say, okay, whatever you're doing or feeling or whatever's going on, that's valid. Mm-hmm. And taking an active listening role. I think a lot of people just speak to speak. They don't, they don't understand that listening is just as much of an important form of communication than talking. Um, and when people don't feel heard, I, I think that's, that's really when people go to a dark place. Absolutely. And, um, well, you know, I think um, a, a lot of, of what we are touching on is is uh, essentially critical soft skills uh, that people should possess. And, and uh, you know, um, you know, especially in my workings, uh, I think the biggest misconception in the security industry and, and uh, the bodyguard bodyguard executive protection room is that uh, it's all about firearms. It's all about your equipment. It's all about uh, being big and, and having a, an immense size, but really, uh, especially to get to a certain level in this profession, uh, and to have a, uh, a certain amount of trust, you have to have a critical soft skill, even in the security industry, you have to be able mm-hmm. to talk to people. You have to be able to, uh, even if it's a violent, hostile situation, you have to uh, are Read you, are, the situation. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you, your biggest weapons that you possess in the security industry are your are your mind being and able your instincts. To, absolutely. And, um, you know, just like we touched on earlier, you got to learn how to talk to people, uh, you know, with, with your mouth. You can either burn bridges or build relationships. You could either put people down or you can lift them up. Uh, you can talk somebody into doing something or you can talk them out of doing something. Uh, you know, it's it's so much critical soft skills, trust, integrity, character. Uh, you know, compassion and, and so many things that go into my profession and your profession as well. And, and I think, you know, that uh, there, there's a lot of misconception on that, especially, uh, you know, keenly in the security industry that, you know, as I touched on, everybody thinks this about oh, what firearm do you carry or how big are you? But uh, you got to have, you know, your, your mind and your mouth are essentially your biggest weapons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, 100%. if there was any final things that we didn't get to touch on, Jess, uh, just take a few moments here. Any any last words of, of encouragement, any type of motivation or, uh, you know, uh, you know, verbal help uh, offering to anybody that going through something or just whatever you wanted to touch on. Um, you know, I'll give you these few moments here that uh, lead so in every course of direction that you uh, prefer. I would say. We're all here to grow. Mm -hmm. So go do something and don't be afraid to speak up. Use your voice, you know, speak up and, and stop with the shame. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I, I really just hope that people are brave enough at this time to speak up and say, I don't feel a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm going to reach out to people that I trust, and I'm going to handle it. I'm going to be okay. I want I want that for everyone right now. 
Absolutely. And can you just let people know um, if they were uh, had any uh, interest in contacting you or, or possibly using your services, where can you be reached at? Uh, you know, what, what is your website, whatever it may be, uh, you know, social media handles, where, where can people find you? So you can find me. Um, so my email is Jessica mm-hmm. and the at sign Jessica at onward SLP.com or I'm sorry, my email is <laughs> sorry, no onward SLP.com. You can go to the website. The website will tell you everything. www.onward O-N-W-A-R-D SLP.com. So if you click that link, you'll get information on, you know, the different types of evaluations and the treatment services that are available from me or any other speech language pathologist in the country. It's about matching up to who, what works for you, who works for you and how, you know, what setting is it going to be inpatient? Is it going to be outpatient? Is it going to be home care? Is it going to be via telepractice? You know, some people are comfortable with their information being out there. Some people are not, you know, it's the Mm -hmm. level of their comfort. It's feeling it out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I just again, I want to thank you so much. This was a uh, a truly powerful and, you know, inspiring, uh, you know, podcast. And you touched on so much uh, knowledge and wisdom of, of your professional uh, professional encounters and your experiences, uh, you know, uh, of your journey in life and, and your profession. So I, I truly am grateful for that. And uh, really that this uh, this message is going to get out to people and it's going to really have a positive impact. And that, that's what's most important, uh, you know, over over anything that we are doing in life and, and over any endeavor or, or profession or title we carry is the impact we have on one another and just, you know, being kind and uh, that I, I know for sure that this podcast is, is going to help people that are possibly in a dark time or, you know, during this epidemic, they're going to hear it and, and they're going to uh, get a lot of insight. They're going to get a lot of uh, things that they really needed that were pivotal, that were uh, pivotal to their mental health, pivotal to their happiness in life, their their true, genuine happiness, not just saying you're happy, but feeling it uh in all your senses and uh you know mentally happy in a in a good space and and all the other yes. attributes yeah when you're in a good spot you're in a good spot right so you know people in the help- helping field are happy to help mm-hmm. you just have to ask them <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, again i just want to thank you so much um no, no you know, thank, thank you for having me you, on you're, you're welcome anytime and uh you know god bless you always and keep safe during this time okay All right. Thank you. You're welcome. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And again, thank you, Jessica Beliski. We will air this podcast here shortly. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for all your insight. Uh, Podcasts can be found on all major podcast platforms. Again, thank you so much, Jess.